Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now, I want to speak to Professor Helen Taylor, who is a professor of English at the University of Exeter. Professor Taylor, good morning. Good morning. Uh, chatting to a professor takes me back to my days at college because I have to put my <laughs> cards on the table here. I became an English teacher before I was a broadcaster and I also taught ah. PE, but I was, I was an English teacher and God forgive me for ever going into a class to teach kids because I do not like reading fiction and it's fiction that we're talking about today oh. every book oh, that I yeah. read during my qualifications I was forced to read it now since that <laughs> since that and I must say I'm currently enjoying a, a lot of reading but it's always um, you know factual books I'm currently well through non-fiction yeah yeah stepping well, stones typical. They, 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 typical yeah but this is this reading, is important yeah. but let, let, me, let me put this to you because this this is very this is very important in what we're leading up to you know stepping stones the, the Seamus Heaney book I'm reading at the moment and uh, the book of interviews with Seamus Heaney uh, Dunsand to Crook Park Michal Amira Hertig's A Life Story I've, I've just read that I love non-fiction but women seem to gorge on fiction and you're about to tell me that I'm just a typical bloke are you? <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dream of generalising about men. But what, it is, what is true is that women are the vast majority of fiction readers. They buy more fiction than men, and they go to libraries, they go to book clubs um, to discuss uh, fiction. They pass fiction. They're women, women's circles, if you like. They, mothers give fiction to their daughters, grandmothers give it to their, their grandchildren, and um, sisters give books and friends. And there is a, a real collegiality about fiction reading, which is one of the joys for women, actually, that they can share um, this passion for reading fiction. And I think what it is that I don't know what men get out of fiction. I wouldn't, as I say, I wouldn't dream of generalizing. But what women get out of it, I think, is a sense of finding out about the about worlds that they don't know about, you know, opening their mind to, um, to other places, places that they're never going to travel, um, people that they're never going to meet, feelings that they've never had. And I think women love that. And, and that's, you find that in fiction. You don't really find it in any other kind of writing. Yeah, because my, my wife reads constantly. My daughter reads constantly. Fiction everywhere. The walls of the house are coming down with, with novels. They're forever in <laughs> the bookshop buying the latest, the, the latest book. And, and it, when Have I, you I'm, ever asked them why they read it? I, probably because they're totally bored. With me, but the I don't I don't I don't know. But they, you know, for every book they read, it I, I would say 
10 out of 10 are, are, are fiction. They're rarely reading non-fiction unless they've some sort of works-related project. Well, one of the things, actually, that isn't quite true because when I interviewed, I interviewed about 500 women. And, and one of the things I found was that women actually read a very wide variety of things. They read them at different times of day. So pe- women tend to read fiction at night in bed. They read things like seed catalogues. They read nonfiction. They read historical texts at different times of day. And actually, they do read a wide variety. And most significantly, they read fiction by men as well as fiction by women and it is it is very hard to get men to read fiction by women which explains why um women in the past have used pseudonyms you know they call themselves different different names like george Eliot and george sand and carabelle who was charlotte bronte um to get to sort of be taken seriously uh, as fiction uh, writers. And somebody like M.C. Beaton, who's just died, and um, J.K. Rowling, um, initials have been very important in giving them a sort of gender-free name. Do you know what I mean? So that, so that boys and men would read them. And somebody, a teacher told me that as soon as somebody discovered that Richmond Crompton was a woman, um, the boys stopped reading the, the, the books. <laughs> that, that's interesting. And this is all part of your research, uh, of course, and you, you've written widely uh, about it. I, th- th- this movie that's going big guns at the moment, Little Women, I, I've, yes. I, I know something like, yes. I've had seven conversations with different women who I know very well who've all been to see it, and they've all read the book yes absolutely well that was there's a whole there's a kind of canon of women's writing um uh, for, uh, for girls that we all read we all read little women we all read heidi um you know we read uh, noel stretfield we read we read enid blyton of course which boys did too but um we uh, we those those books are very important to us jane eyre pride and prejudice and why they're important to us is because women are absolutely at the heart of them. Um, the growing up of, of women, the, the, the coming to knowledge, the coming into maturity, the understanding of the world by girls and women is something which, of course, is irresistible to women readers. So that's why Little Women is important. And I think it's fascinating that the film has been ignored by uh, Golden Globes, by BAFTA for awards. And every time you go to see Little Women, I gather, the audiences are full of, of, of women. Yeah, um, and, 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 and they're men, really men positive like about it. There. Yeah, well, well, yes, I've, and they maybe, all love maybe, it. yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm aware of Little Women as a book because it used to sit in our house. And my sisters uh, had it. I'm aware. Yes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but were, were there books called What Kitty Did and What Kitty Did Next? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and Millie Molly Mandy. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well, there you are. You've remembered very well. But uh, it's interesting because Melvin Bragg once said that uh, he loves Little Women, and he, he said that he read it as a boy but he 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 sort of pretended that he hadn't and he was sort of embarrassed about it <laughs> so so perhaps more boys sneakily read those books but did, didn't own up to it yeah i love the yeah. idea that nuns are prolific female readers is, is that right is that part yes. of your research too well they were they were and of course nuns because they had their own communities they were able to read books 
um, together and to have libraries. So there were some amazing uh, uh, libraries in nunneries in the Middle Ages and so on. And, and so they could read. But, but it was very hard for other women to, to learn to read. I mean, they were not expected to read. Men were, were, were reading. Um, they, would, they would be read too, but they, they didn't tend to uh, get access to books. And even as late as the 19th century, girls were forbidden to go into their father's libraries. Um, they had to do that rather sneakily or be invited in by an enlightened parent. Dear, oh dear. So what, 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 <laughs> what are women reading? What, what is it? You know, we, we know they like Jane uh, Austen and they, they, they like the Brontes yes. and the, oh, the Little Women and all of that. But are they, are, are, are they pushing some boundaries, reading some things that us blokes should be reading to get a better understanding of life? What shocked me, now, you know, remember, this is Northern Ireland, okay? And we're very puritanical and we, we, ne- <laughs> we, we never sin. That's the, that's the, that's our, that's the backdrop to, to where you're talking now. And then a, 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 along came the, the um, massive book and movie where there was Fifty Shades. Now, every, yes. every woman in the Blimmit country seemed to read that. And all went, oh my goodness me, that was very naughty, that book. But I read it anyway. What, are women searching for oh, some... Oh, you did? The, no, oh, no, well. they, they did, they did. Uh, are, are, oh, they said that. Oh, yeah. I haven't read it. Are, yeah. are, women, are, are women searching for something that maybe the, the men of Northern Ireland aren't providing? Uh, well, um, a male writer said that he felt that romance reading was was a, a, a way of criticising men, and because women were reading about relationships which were idealised, you know, where men understood your every desire and, in fact, were, were capable of being tamed by you and improved by you. Now, now we know that this is a utopian dream because none of us really improve each other in relationships, <laughs> but. I think that um, in in terms of romance and erotica, there has been a huge um, growth in in that kind of reading, partly because of, uh, I mean, I know I don't want to comment on Northern Ireland's uh, attitudes to sexuality, but certainly in, uh, you know, in in most countries, there's, there's been a push forward in terms of women being able to talk about and think about and kind of, um, and, and uh, you know, enjoy their sexuality. And the what, what's happening is that writers are reflecting that. Mills and Boone used to be about doctors and nurses and kind of rather pur- puritanical little meetings in, in hospital wards and, and dates and things and no, no one lost their virginity before marriage. Now Mills and Boone's really moved away from that and they're now quite hot and steamy a lot of those Mills and Boone novels and Fifty Shades I think just took that all a bit further and um, apparently has been seized on by women who after all, like their fantasies, they enjoy fantasies, fantasies about about men, fantasies about sex. Um, this has all been uh, what Fifty Shades provided, and uh, you know whatever one thinks of the literary quality of, of those books, they have been a huge hit with women. And as you say, a lot of men are, are sort of puzzled and, and rather threatened by that. Mm. I can understand. And are women reading a lot of detective novels? Would they, would they read a cow- yes, would they, they read are. a cowboy book? A good a good western story. I love western films. Haven't well, read western books, but I'm I'm drawn to western. So would yes. women, would women be interested in any of that? They're not really. I mean, the the that's an interesting question. The the the, the genres that men read are horror and sci-fi, 
and um, fantasy. And women don't tend to read those as much. What women do read uh, is crime and romance. And crime, women are now the, the largest readers, uh, largest number of readers of crime, and often very grisly crime. Um, and, uh, and you know, people say to me, well, why do women read horrible crimes, you know, of women being murdered and slashed and beaten and so on? And it is a... It, it, you know, Val McDermott says it's a way of women exploring their worst fears about living in a patriarchal society where, you know, you walk down the street and and you, you're frightened of, um, of what might happen to you. You keep an eye out over, over your shoulder. Um, and so women, women enjoy reading crime to sort of try and you know, think about those things themselves. And, and uh, in a way, it, they're, they're kind of safety nets because you read about these horrible crimes and then you tuck yourself up in bed and you hope that none of that will ever happen to you. <laughs> oh and, and finally, <laughs> Professor, how many, how many books uh, would you read a year? Would you be one a month? Oh, gosh, what, a, what an interesting question. I've no idea. Sometimes I read lots and lots, and sometimes I hardly read anything at all for a week or a, week or a month at, at a time, depending on what I'm doing. Um, but, uh, you know, just because I'm a professor doesn't mean that I'm always reading, because I have lots of other things to do. But I love to read, and like a lot of women, you know, a lot of women said to me that reading is a lifeline to them. People said it was the love of their life, um, that they were bereft if they didn't have a book with them. Um, you know, they, and, and I feel exactly the same. I'm absolutely horrified if I get on a, a bus or a train and I don't have something to read. And, you know, you, you, I realise talking to all these women and, and women writers as well as women um, readers, how much reading fiction means to our emotional, intellectual, spiritual lives, actually. And it's very moving to, to read those accounts. And I've tried to do some of that in my book. And for you, does it still have to be the paper as opposed to the tablet? Well, I'm, I do both. I read on tablet and I read on paper, but I tell you, I know that everybody I know with whom I discuss this says that they can never remember the title of a book they're reading or even the, the author when they're reading it on a tablet. You somehow need to have that material book which sort of reminds you every time you pick it up, oh yes, this is a book by so-and-so, um, you know, and, I, and, uh, and, and you like to read the back cover and you, you like to have a little, uh, uh, a little bookmark in it and it, you, can t- you can flip back and forward and so on. So like a lot of women, I love books and uh, I, I, I hope that we, we continue to have books and we don't ever have to read just on tablets. <laughs> and your book is Why Women Read Fiction. That's what it's called. It's by Professor That's Helen right. Taylor. Who, who publishes it? Uh, Oxford University Press, which makes it sound terribly grand, but it is a book for the general reader. Lovely stuff. We will uh, invite people to uh, peruse it and give us an opinion uh, why women read fiction. Uh, Professor, good speaking to you. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to talk to you. That's Professor Helen Taylor. Uh, The reason we're talking about that, the stats, 80% of fiction that's sold is bought by women. Eight out of every ten books of fiction, it's a woman who's doing the buying and the women are reading fiction. Um, Girls, feel free. Tell us what's the best book. Convince me that I should pick up a work of fiction and start to read. Uh, As I said, I need to emphasise I love reading. And this is why I said that at the beginning. But my emphasis tends to be on non-fiction. So uh, it's vital to read, just to broaden your horizons. However... 
fiction, am I missing a trick here? Am I missing a trick? Are the rest of us, the you know, the 20% of the lads who are buying the books, the 20% of the, the, the book sales are going to mails, they're doing fine, they're getting that bit of fiction, but so many fellas are missing out. So I'm going to throw open the lines, 02890-3105. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.